Welcome to the Housing Market Podcast. You know, we have a treat today. We've got KCM founder Steve Harney uh, on the podcast. It's a special time to really get a chance to talk with Steve about a few things, really the, the start of KCM and, and the vision behind it, where we're at in the market today, which he is is one of the best at, at looking at that and then looking around the corner. So that's what we're going to do for the next few minutes. Enjoy this conversation with Steve. Steve, I am excited to have you on the podcast today. Grateful for it. And that's a special day. Uh, you and uh, just being the founder of Keeping Current Matters. So so grateful for, for this time to, to spend together. Well, David, it's an honor. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, it's uh, exciting to see what you're doing with the podcast, to be honest with you. It's really taken off and, it, and a lot of people are really enjoying it. So great job on just putting it together. And that, that is, you know, as successful as it is, it's an honor just to be on it. So thank well, you. Well, thank you for that. And you know, Steve, just as well as I do, uh, the folks that put it together uh, here on the KCM team do a phenomenal job. Uh, and I'm just trying to keep up with that hey. uh, is the bottom line. You're too humble. Well, it's true. That's, that's the truth. But here's what was on my mind. You and I kind of uh, obviously spend a lot of time together working together and uh, everything with KCM. And, and you kind of made a comment the other day. Hey, should we you want to talk about what we're going to talk about? We decided not to do that just to have a sort of an unscripted conversation. But there there were three things that were on my mind. Talk a little bit about the KCM story uh, for you and I, um, and uh, and then getting into where we're at in this market. And in, in my opinion, there's nobody better to give advice to agents right now about this market. And so my hope is over the next few minutes, next you know, 30, 45 minutes, whatever we spend talking, is that we cover those things. But as I was preparing, I remember the first time that we met uh, back in late 2007, introduced by a friend of ours, you had just sold your real estate company and said, I want to make an impact in, you know, in the world for homeowners, for agents, and KCM was birthed. Um, That just, that moment in time to see where things have grown now 15 years later uh, is is amazing, but it's a testament to your vision really for, uh, for impact. Uh, in in agents' lives and homeowners' lives all over the the country, but but go back to that time with me is is you were kind of selling the largest uh, real estate company there on Long Island and and that progression and maybe tell people the story of how KCM got started. If we go all the way back, I started as an agent about almost forty years ago and was an agent for about ten years and I was pretty successful being an agent. Uh, you know was one of the top agents in my marketplace. And then a firm, a large national firm, which had a regional presence, asked me to be a manager in one of their offices. I decided to take that job on because I like to teach. I like to get people in front of me and explain things. And that's really the reason I became a manager. I was there for a period of time, several years, and then they made me the training director for the region, uh, which really was a job I really loved a lot. Okay, uh, I was training people and but there were some restrictions as to what the way I could train, what I could say, you know, and I had some real strong beliefs on what should be the standard for an agent. Uh, so I decided that in, I guess it was 1995, to start my own real estate company, which we grew to 13 offices and 550 agents. 
And then um, we decided about 10 years later, a little bit more than 10 years later, that we were going to sell that company and I was going to retire. Uh, but what wound up taking place was upon my retirement, <laughs> um, the world kind of is imploded. And we had the great financial crisis, and that's when right. we met right at the beginning right. of that. Um, and the I decided pretty strongly that part of the reason we were in that mess was because a lot of people didn't understand how to read the signs that something could be happening, whether it be good or bad, from the economic front and how that might affect housing. So I decided then, and that's when we met, to kind of dedicate myself to making sure agents really understood how the economy really impacts the housing market, both in a positive way and a negative way, so that we can kind of see what's happening before it actually happens. I'll give you a, a quick example of that back then. What I was looking at was delinquency rates, all right, how many houses were falling 30, mortgage payments were falling 30, 60, or 90 days behind. And I said, well, that's not really what I'm really interested in because a lot of those people will get a second job, they'll do something, and they'll turn around and make up those payments, borrow money from family. So I was kind of interested in the cure rate. Well, how many of those people are full 90 days behind eventually make up that payment? And what I found just around 2007 when we met, that the cure rate, which is normally like 80%, 80% of the people figure out a way to make their mortgage payment, right. had fallen from 80 to 5%. Mm. So I knew right then that 95% of the loans that were 90 days delinquent were going to be foreclosures. So I got out there saying, ladies and gentlemen, this market's going to change very dramatically, very quickly. We're going to have a tremendous excess of inventory. It's going to be discounted inventory because foreclosures sold for less money. Um, and that, that was going to impact the market. And that's kind of where we met to try to say, well, how can we turn this ship around? Right. All right? But it was that understanding of some economic metrics that helped me understand this is what's taking place. As we went along, we realized that short sales only sold, again, looking up the data, short sales sold for between a 10 and 15% discount, where foreclosures sold between a 30 and 40% discount. So the more short sales we did, the better we protected home prices. Uh, so we went on a big campaign about, let's make sure we're doing short sales. And at that time, a lot of people were thinking that short sales were a an lot evil of people thing. Weren't- they didn't want to talk about that, right? Yep. Or talk about doing short sales. I, I'm not going to mention the name because he's a good <laughs> friend of mine. But I actually did uh, a session with about 900 agents for a friend of mine who owned a big real estate company. And uh, what right before I walked on the stage, he said, do not mention short sales. I will not do short sales. Those people should be paying their mortgages. Well, obviously, you know, I do what I do. So I got <laughs> up and I asked, does anybody in here do short sales? And after 900 people, two women raised their hand. I said, stand up. I said to the rest of the 898 people, these are the angels in your company. Mm. They're helping families avoid foreclosure. They still have to move, but the kids don't. It's not like a rush thing where a sheriff's knocking on the door. It's not that the kids all of a sudden have to pack up some clothes and some toys and rush out, not knowing why they have, why they're moving or where they're going. The, the family could put it to some sort of, you know, procedure, some sort of schedule. Uh, and this guy got up, the owner of the company got up, and he came on stage. I thought he was going to hook me. I thought he was pretty sure he was going to drag me <laughs> off the stage. And, but after he heard what I said, he grabbed the mic. He said, that's why I brought Steve here. We're going to start a short sale department effective today. So he went the other way after he heard my explanation as to why I believed in it. 
And I do believe that, you know, helping more families go through short sales, which means they could buy a house two or three years later, if they went through a foreclosure, it was five to seven years later. So we helped a lot of families go through a very, 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 very difficult time in their lives. So. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I've, I've, you know, thought about that a lot is the start of KCM. And I was sort of to myself thinking too, you know, of you thinking about retiring and then getting pulled back in. That's happened a couple of times, uh, yeah. you know. It, it's it's kind of weird because, you know, it, it, obviously, we you know, the KCM team did tremendous work, you know, during 2007, 8, and 9, all the way up to 2012 before we really hit a recovery. And we helped the agents understand what was going to happen next, and that's really what KCM is. We be, I believe very strongly that, you know, most agents know what's happening. You know, good agents kind of understand what's happening, but the great agents can explain what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give you know, agents the tools that they needed to really explain to a homeowner what has taken place. So you're right. And I thought I was going to retire after I sold my company. And then, you know, the, what they call the great financial crisis, the housing crash came and I came back in to help some of my friends at first. And then it got really big. I traveled 200 days a year for five days in a uh, five years in a row. So that was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And then I thought I was going to retire again. And, you know, and very obviously in 2019, I, I kind of hugged my son who had by that time bought, uh, purchased KCM, hugged him and said, well, it's been nice knowing you. I wish you best of luck. And then, you know, March of 2020 came and the pandemic hit and it was like, uh-oh, we're all screwed up again. And you and I together, we were studying pandemics, you know, past pandemics yeah. going back 200 years and what impact it had on the housing. So we could share that with the KCM members and, and, and agents to help bring that back quickly. And we did. We were a big proponent in bringing the market back very quickly. And then in November of 2020, because everything was pretty much settled then, I retired again. And Bill, you know, said, yeah, it's been nice knowing you. And hey, you know, go ahead, go home now. And then obviously this year, you know, things are crazy again. You know, the first time in American history, mortgage rates tripled in a year. Right. right? right. Uh, and, and what impact that had, and so many of the housing experts got it wrong what the impact was going to be, that KCM really jumped in and said, no, 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 they got it wrong. That's not going to happen. Let me show you what's going to happen. And uh, we helped a lot of agents. You know, we are still helping a lot of agents get through this this market. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I when you say that about the rise in interest rates, I think about our friend Jim McMahon. He talks about the fastest rise in interest rates in recorded history and suffering through that, uh, you know, as as an industry and, and everybody that's listening, you know, feels that and knows that as reality. Um, let's talk a minute about where the business is at right now, um, because you said, hey, most folks know where the business is at because that leads to where it's going how do you see maybe things being the same, being different in this market compared to past markets, certainly great financial crisis, but the last, you know, 30 plus, 35 plus years of your career? Well, you know, there have been blips, you know, in the early 80s, you know, we had 18% interest rates and there have been blips all the way through. Nothing like the great financial crisis. If we would go back right. in, you know, in real estate history, we have to go back to the Great Depression to get like any sort of comparison to the great financial crisis. But I was, you know, so I'd really like to start there because before that it was kind of, it was okay. Right. Uh, then we got hit three times in a very short period of time. The great financial crisis hit obviously and, and, and we worked our way through that and, and a lot of agents worked diligently very hard to help as many families as they could and I'm, you know, very proud of the industry 
for having that duty to their people and, and having what I believe is a moral obligation to help as many of our friends and family and neighbors as we can. And that's what real estate professionals do. Um, so we got them through the great financial crisis. When the pandemic hit, you know, that was, that was a different animal altogether. You know, we were asked to, first they were telling us we couldn't work at all. We had to stay right. home. Right. Right. Because we weren't considered, I forget the term they use. Uh, essential workers. Uh, essential worker. But state by state, you know, agents went, you know, the boards of realtors went and got us that essential worker status because the worst thing this country could have gone through is while they were going through a medical crisis, you know, for the, the worst medical crisis in 100 years or health crisis in 100 years, uh, the last thing we needed was to have another financial crisis on right. top of that. That would have totally devastated families. So somehow realtors and mortgage professionals, uh, you know, through that period of time, figured out what we were going to do. You know, we had to learn, you know, how to put on booties and gloves, and we had to learn how to, you know, clean the house after we did a showing, you know, Lysol and everything out. And we had to learn how to use Zoom. Nobody even knew what Zoom was until then. And we learned how to do listing presentations. And that, that, that's what I love about realtors. You know, th their heart is really to helping people. That's how they get paid. They don't get paid unless they help somebody. Right. So they don't really worry, most of them, <laughs> some of them maybe, most of them don't really worry about the money. They worry about the families or the individuals they help because they know the only way to make more money is to help more people. So we helped a lot of people that needed to move and needed to get on with their lives while a million Americans were dying around us. Right. Like when you think about that, the gravity of that, that somehow we got through that knowing that there were times we were putting ourselves at, at risk. There were times, you know, like, you know, we didn't always want to go into that open house with a stranger. Uh, we didn't want to do that. Uh, but we masked up, we did, or whatever it is that you did, uh, each individual person. And and we did, and, and we, you know, at the beginning of that in March, I remember when Bill tapped me on the shoulder, reading, you know, the experts. The experts, prices are going to fall 10%, right. transactions are going to fall 20%. And you and I came out with the bold statement. I said, I think home ownership is going to be more important this year than any I think we're going to sell more houses than we did last year. Right. And I think prices are going to go up. Yeah. And everyone said, oh, you're crazy, Steve. You're nuts. David, you know, why are you even listening to this guy? Get away from this guy. He's a nut job. And what wound up taking place is we weren't aggressive enough. Prices yeah. went up more. They didn't just go up. They went over up <laughs> right. over 5%. And sales went up. Yeah. All right. So all the experts were wrong. And, and a reason I think that the experts get it wrong so often is they don't understand people. Right. All right, that's number one. The customer, they, they, these are people. They, they, this is not commercial real estate when everything's by the numbers. You, you have to look at people. What are people going to do? Right. right. What do they want? And, you know. Well, exactly. What do they want? You know, a home. Yeah. So, yeah. And the and they're going to get what they want. You know, great. You know, the, the good news is this America. People understand right. that. If I want right. something bad enough, I'm going to go get it. And the uh, and then the resiliency of the real estate population. To, to, again, do some great work in, you know, crushing situations, even within their own families. Uh, it, it was truly remarkable. So, and to be frank with you, and I don't mean to belittle anything here, you know, sometimes an agent will talk to me now. You know, I, I did a pretty big event for Tom. There were 5,000 agents, and, and some of them were a little nervous. About, Am I going to be able to get through this? I'm saying, remember who you are. Right. You're the same person that just a couple of years ago 
Well, a million Americans were dying around us, figured out a way to help families move on with their lives. Now we have a temporary bump up in mortgage rates. And again, I'm not belittling the situation. I understand it's caused some angst. But it's nowhere near the angst that we got through three right. years ago. All right. And, and you know, I hope every person listening to this, they, anyway, they're involved in the housing market. Remember who you are. You pulled off miracles just a couple of years ago and much, much worse situation. Yeah. A much worse environment. All right. Now we just got to, you know, be patient a little bit. All right. The, um, the, the, the situation is that eventually mortgage rates are going to, mo- you know, moderate. They might not go back down to three or 4%, but if we get into sixes, there's going to be a lot more business. And if that first number is five, which most people are projecting is going to be by the middle of next year, then the floodgates can open up again. So yeah. the, you know, I, 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 if we look back on what we've been able to accomplish over the last 15 years, this is nowhere near as difficult as that. It requires a little bit more patience. Yeah. All right. Because things were happening fast both those times. Yeah. But if we're patient, we're going to be fine. Yeah. It's it's great perspective. You know, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking about that is we came out of the great financial crisis and there was sort of this feeling um, out with people, maybe even some agents of like, is homeownership, uh, you know, still the American dream and all that happened, you know, in 2010, 11, 12. Um, and coming out of the pandemic crisis was like an absolute 180 to that, you know, where people said we want our spot and, you know, homeownership um, and, and home took on a different meaning. I, I just look back at that and I think that is am- amazing to see two different crises. Certainly you, you mentioned resiliency and agents and folks stepping up, I think played a huge role in that, you know, uh, I, I think it's the reason it happened. You yeah. know, like I, I make a lot of bold statements, but the you know back in two thousand and eight, I remember being in front of a group of business of real estate owners, and I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, understand two things. This is the first thing I want you to understand: the world economy. This is back in two thousand eight. The world economy is not going to come back until the American economy comes back, and the U.S. economy is not coming back until housing comes back. And the people sitting in this room are responsible for bringing housing back." So I don't want to put any more pressure in it than you already have, but the world economy is dependent on you getting back to work and working hard. Right. Right. And you know the owners in that room like kind of sat back, like you're putting this on us. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's where it belongs. And I said, and and the other thing I said that you know the, the person who hired me to speak to this group was afraid I was going to upset them with this statement, and I wound up they gave me a standing ovation. I wasn't sure what was going to happen either, to be honest with you. I said. You know, everyone in this room is sitting waiting for the Calvary to come. Understand, you are the Calvary that everyone else is waiting for. So get up, get on your horse, and let's go. And the the person who hired me, a very prominent individual in the real estate uh, industry, was almost afraid of how that audience was going to react to me telling them that get on your horse and go. And they stood to a person. With a route, or, 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 you know, a, a standing ovation. Not that I worried about the standing ovation, because the standing ovation wasn't about me. The standing ovation was about them realizing we can do this. This is within our power. That's yeah. what the standing ovation was about. And they did, and we went out and we, we pulled off a couple of miracles, you know, in, in those years, or else it could have been a lot worse. 
All right. So, you know, right there, we're in a situation where you during the pandemic, you know, if, if the realtors didn't step up the way they did, we would have lost 20% of transactions. We would have lost 10% of value. There would have been a financial crisis tied with a health crisis. But we did it. And you're right. What wound up taking place is we realized it. You and I had those discussions. Well, it seems to me that five people living in an apartment in New York are saying, I don't know where that guy's been. If we're in the middle of a pandemic, I got to get out of here. So, yeah. you know, it, it, people wanting more space in a house and that, you know, that was driving it. And we figured that out really. Right. right. Never knows. Going, no, no, no. That's not what's going on. And, and we said, well, I, we think you're wrong. Yeah. You know, so I, I think people thought too. If this ever happens again, I want my spot, right? Yeah. I want I want a spot to be able to be in, you know, all, all the things that, that we talked about. And, and gosh, uh, I think probably between you and I, you and I together, I don't know how many webinars, how many presentations it was, but uh, but a ton. And, and to to that point, we were doing four or five a day. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, and and the impact of great agents across the country saying, "I'm going to go." Make it happen. I'm going to go step. We're, we're going to figure out how to do things we hadn't figured out how to do in this business in our lifetime. We're going to go. Yeah. Through, you know. And it, it was, it, it's, again, I don't mean to keep on bragging about realtors and the real estate industry. Well, you know, the same thing with the mortgage industry with loan offices. You know, they are, you know, they're entrepreneurs. They own their own businesses. Right. All right. And, and they handle it like entrepreneurs. They say, well, no, you know, the, the, you know, the odds are against me. All right, but many times an entrepreneur is at their best when the odds are against right, them. Right, right. All right, and and that's exactly what they did. They stepped up, yeah. and, and and a lot of them stepped up to save their businesses. There's no question about that. Right. But there were I could give you a zillion individual situations where they stepped up just to help a neighbor. Right. Just right. to help the you know the, 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 a person from their church or their synagogue. Right. You know they, they they were there trying to say all right we're in a really bad time but you need to move and i get that you need to move for whatever reason they needed to move and we're going to help you through this craziness we're going to help you move on with your life right you know i it's it's such a good point because the majority of people overwhelming majority of people that are in, in the business got in the business to help families to help people um buy and sell homes achieve the dream of home ownership and to your point the entrepreneurial spirit whenever there's a an opportunity or a gap it in our business or any business, Americans step in to fill that gap, right? Yeah. Whenever there's like, oh, I can make some, I can, I can do that. I can serve somebody. I can help somebody and I can make some money doing that. Uh, that happens. The best agents know what's happening nationally and also know what's going on in their local market. At Keeping Current Matters, we help real estate agents become experts. And now we've added something that will change the way you communicate. KCM Local. With KCM Local, you'll now have access to local data, national insights, and powerful visuals all in one place. To be the local expert, visit KeepingCurrentMatters.com. Let's talk about where we sit right now. What you're seeing and what the, the look is sort of as we look around the corner. Because I think, although very different, you mentioned it. There are a lot of folks going, hey, I'm not sure what's happening right now. There's there's some fear and there's some things out in the market. So what do you see right now happening that, you know, for agents, loan officers, folks listening, uh, 
you would share with them that maybe they don't see? Uh, there's a couple of different things. You know, we, we have two challenges really right now, that, and, and they're kind of interconnected. One is mortgage rates tripled in, you know, a little over a year. Right. And the second one is because they tripled, a lot of homeowners who were lucky enough to get either in purchase a home or refinance a home at very low rates are saying, why would I give up my rate to a higher rate? And that's locking them in. You know, we talk about it, the lock-in rate. That's locking them into staying in the house that they're in right now. So that's really curtailing the amount of inventory that would only come to the market. So we have a mortgage rate challenge where, well, I don't know if I want to buy because mortgage rate is a little bit higher. And we also have an inventory challenge because people are saying, I don't know if I want to give up my 3 or 4% interest rate to take on a 7% interest rate. Uh, so those are the two challenges. So let's take a look at the two challenges and say, well, what's going to happen here? Well, we know that the mortgage rate situation has a lot to do with inflation. Inflation hit almost 9%, and the Fed decided, well, we, we got to bring this back down. So they went on to, uh, you know, um, a whole series of rate hikes, Fed hikes, all right, that increased mortgage rates. And, and their, their God job was to lower inflation. Inflation's gone from 8.9% to, I think, the last reading was 3.3% or somewhere right. in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Their, their mark is 2%. Now, some people are saying, well, if isn't 3.3 good enough? Can't they just back off now? But if you look at history, once before they did that in the 70s, they backed off a little too early, and then inflation shot right back up again. And I think that Chairman Powell's nervous looking at that history. Now, he's going to get it down to 2%. That's what it is. Now, that's really close. So I think the rate hikes, uh, the Fed hikes will slow i think in september they might even skip a month i'm not saying they're going to end there but they might skip a month and then we're going to see slowly they're going to they're, they're going to fade away and that's what most people are projecting and then when that happens if we look at stats i don't have any graphs to show you right, right now but if you look at the graphs you'll see that when inflation comes down there's a lag time but then mortgage rates come down same thing if it goes up there's a lag time that mortgage rates go up so Inflation is falling like a rock from 8.9 to 3.3. And most experts are surprised that mortgage rates haven't already fallen. But I think that when they get that 2.2, when they, everyone's a little bit more, uh, the 2%, I should say, uh, as an inflation rate and, and, and Chairman Powell speaking more to know we're okay now, then I think we're going to see rates drop pretty dramatically. Now, again, do we going to see 3 and 4%? No. But we're going to see... Five and six percent, and you know, probably low sixes or high right. fives looks pretty good in the face of seven and a half, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Like, people are going to be ecstatic about it. And the um, so what was going to wind up taking place is we don't really have a lack of buyers for the amount of listings we have because every open house has a line around it, all right. But we will have more uh, people coming to the market, but more importantly, now a seller who is kind of on the fence and they want to sell because they want to make buy that bigger house or they, you know, they had another kid and they really need that extra bedroom. But right now they're holding on to that 4% mortgage rate. Uh, they'll make that move. So right. we're going to see a flood of inventory coming on the market. Everyone says, when do you think that is, Steve? I think we're already starting to see it a little bit. Now, I don't want to get crazed with this, okay. but I've been in the business for almost 40 years. I have data going back seven years on this issue. I wish I had data going back 40 years because I don't think there was ever a time in the 40 years 
Now, again, I can be you know hyperbolic. Maybe there was one exception or two exceptions. But over the 40 years, the amount of listings that are taken between July and August full, they're less than from June to July, okay? So in the second half of the year, the number of listings taken, new listings taken, falls off. It does it every year. For the last seven years and all the crazy markets we had, it followed the same seasonality. Weird thing. First time in seven years, and again, probably the first time in 40 years, the, the number of list, new listings coming to market increase between Ju- July and August. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What does that mean? All right, so if the sellers now are getting over a little sticker shock, all right, and saying, oh, I've got to move. Because we, we have to realize, in reality, people move because they want to move. Right. You know, if a person bought a condo, you know, 10 years ago, if a young couple bought a condo over a pizzeria in a really cool part of town, you know, and had that walkability score, which was like the big thing right. back then, was really sensational. So they, they bought this condo and they have a 4% interest rate. They refinance they have a 4% interest rate. Oh, you know, they ain't moving. But now they found out they're pregnant with twins. Right. That 4% interest rate means nothing anymore. Right. It's the only thing that really matters to them. But the kids. Yeah. So now they're moving. And there are people on different situations in their life that may be more on the, the like the fence about it. And as rates start to come down, they're going to come flooding out. And, and every agent has to understand, we, we didn't lose one deal. Agents are getting crazy. First of all, I'm going to let you know, prices went up 50% in the last two years. That means since you get paid a commission, a percentage, your income went up 50% in the last two years. Now, while I'm doing less deals, see, I get it. For now, you're doing less deals. But some of that is made up on the fact that you're making more money per deal because prices are higher. Right. right? And the second deal is when the transactions do come back, and they will. You didn't lose one. You know, I grew up up in uh, New York, and we when we had snowstorms, they were snowstorms. You could be snowed in for five days. And what wind up taking place is if you owned a McDonald's store and a snowstorm came, you lost that business for five days. Because what wound up taking place is people didn't stop eating because they couldn't get to McDonald's. Right. They just ate it all. So all those breakfast, lunch, and dinners, you lost all of that business. If you owned an Apple store and somebody was thinking about buying an iPad, and they decided they wanted to go to the store and look at the different iPads and touch them and look at the accessories, which a lot of people do. That's why there are Apple stores. The uh, If you went to an Apple store and it snowed and people were stuck in the house for five days, you didn't lose a deal. They didn't decide that, well, I'm going to create an iPad while I'm sitting at home. Right. They right. had to wait until the snow cleared and melted and they cleared the roads. And the smart managers at the Apple stores, the smart ones, knew that once that snow clears, I better have extra iPads in my my store that day. Not right. the normal number we have, because we're going to have the normal business plus the extra business Yeah, from yeah. the last five days. Well, I'm going to say the same thing right now. Only it's going to be five months. You've lost, you've delayed, not lost, but a bunch of transactions been delayed over the last five months. Right. They're coming. Right. And they want an iPad, meaning a home. You better have a bunch of listings because when right. they come out, you got to be there. 
Well, it's the the analogy that you make, the couple, the young couple that lives in the condo, they are having twins. And it can be applied to a lot of different scenarios and folks that have to move for a particular reason. And, oh, by the way, they're sitting on more equity than they've ever had in their lifetime to be able to fuel that uh, that move. Yeah, it's, as a matter of fact, the, the uh, CoreLogic's Second quarter equity report just came out this morning, and uh, the the average home with a mortgage on it. Now understand, and people are not going to believe this, but it's true. Thirty eight point seven percent of all the homes in this country do not have a mortgage; they're owned free and clear. Those people could move and not worry about the mortgage rate. They have less equity to buy their next house. Right. All right. But if we take a look at all the houses that are mortgaging that are mortgaged. It just came out today. The average equity of those houses is $290,000. $290,000 is the average equity in American homeowners system. Yeah. And this is what I know, David. They don't know that. Yeah. They don't really. We're in it every single day. We know the prices. Well, some some agents and, and loan officers on listening to or just normal people listening to this professionals in the industry are saying that can't be true that just right, it is right, true right so if you don't think it's true i can guarantee you your neighbors don't realize it's true yeah so what we need to do is we need to get out there and let them know the equity situation they're in while we're waiting for the rates to to modify the mortgage rates to modify because if they know they can buy it all cash they don't care right a person with a four-bedroom colonial all right, if you're an older couple, now it's different. An older couple now, the kids went off to college. They didn't sell because what do they know? They're going to come back after college for a little bit. That's what happened in this, this cycle. But then when they did move out and found the job they really loved and moved out, that, that couple doesn't want to walk up a flight. They're 60 years old. They don't want to walk up a flight of stairs to go to bed every night. They don't want to heat this gigantic house. They don't want to air condition this gigantic house. They don't want to be in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids. That's why the reason they bought that house it was in a good school district. There's kids all around. Well, now they're 60, 65 years old. Their kids were angels, but everybody else's kids, oh, my God, they're horrible kids. <laughs> sure. They want to move, not necessarily away from that area, so in some cases, yes, but just move to a different location where they it's, everything's flat. It's all on one level. It's smaller. They only need two bedrooms because when somebody comes to, comes to visit, they have the guest room. They don't need four bedrooms anymore. But those people with that four-bedroom home are sitting on a ton of equity. Many of them own the house free and clear. They could make that move if someone would counsel them on what's available to them because of the equity era. Yeah, no, it's it's such a such an important point, and you're a phenomenal teacher. I know you love to do it, and you know talked about that starting out in your career. If you were to almost close your eyes and you were standing in front of your agents, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, what would you, and for agents listening, what would you be telling them right now to go out and do with people? What are the conversations? What are the activities that you would say, Hey, right now in this, in this time that we're in, this is what I'd be doing. Okay. I think that falls into two different categories. First off, I would have to build their will because you have to realize we talked about just over the last 15 years, ages have been through yeah. the greatest financial crisis since the Great Depression, the greatest pandemic since 1918. 
So they, you know, they're a little bit beat up. All right. It, it, it's been a, a wild 15 years. All right. So that 15 years since the, the great financial crisis, everyone, including me, remember I said I, I was hoping to retire. They weren't <laughs> right. hoping to retire, but they were hoping just to take a deep breath and not right. have to be crazy for a while. That didn't happen. So a lot of them are sitting there and they're just saying, do I got the energy to get up and go again? Yeah. All right. And, and all I would say to my team, if they were sitting in front of me, remember who you are. This is not about you. This is about the individuals and the families you help. And the, f- the individuals and the families you help are your neighbors. They're, they're your family. They're your friends. They're the people you go to church with, or go to synagogue with, or go to Je- Je- Jehovah Hall with. All right? The, all of the, 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 these are all the people that are around you that depend on you. The great realtors in any market are stalwarts in that region. All right? They're, they're like, their look says like they help in the region. The great ones have developed this, this image that if I think everything's okay, everything's okay, and that's what they need to do. So the first thing I would do is let them know, remember who you are. This is not bigger than who you are. The great financial crisis tested us. The pandemic gave us a second test. We pass both those tests. This is a much easier test to pass, as long as we have the will to do it. Now, once I got them ready to go, all right, what I would tell them to go do, I really don't think that, I think the biggest opportunity that exists in the market right now is letting people know that the equity they have in their house. Because there's a lot of things they can do with that equity. And like, let's get away from housing for a second. Some of their children are now getting hit with a belt. You know, like a, a tuition belt. Meaning right. you know, a student loan bill. Maybe they can help them out with that. Maybe if they knew their equity, it could help their kid. Who, it, that parent, those parents are going home crying because the kid can't get the house because they missed it by $10,000. Maybe they're pulling $10,000 out of the house and helping that kid buy that house. Maybe they're starting a business. There's so much power. I believe so much in home ownership because it builds equity. And really what it is is it builds a savings account. And then they can tap into that savings account and pay back. Now, I, you know, I'm not suggesting what happened in 2004 where people were using their houses right. and ATMs and buying jet skis and new body parts for their girlfriend and you know, all sorts of crazy things. No, I'm not saying that. If you have a depreciating asset, all right, you don't want to do that. But if you think your kid has potential, invest in your kid. If you think a business has potential, invest in your business. If you think that maybe buying a bigger house because prices always go up, almost over a 30-year period, they always go up, and you're going to sell yours and maybe buy a little bit more expensive house, let's do that. You have the equity to make that happen without getting a big mortgage payment. And if definitely if you're sizing down, make that move down. Make that move down. So really what I would want them to do is get out and let the people know how much equity they have in their house in every way they possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that point, and I, and I want to say something too about that, uh, just in everything that you and I are working on, KCM, is 
kind of a shameless plug, if you're not coming to the deep dive on Monday mornings that Steve has been doing on Facebook uh, live, we talk about the professional equity assessment report. You can go back and find it. You can grab that episode uh, and and use a tool to have that conversation. And I'm not saying that um, well, I, I am saying it probably is as a as a as a way to go out and do that, but more so uh, a way to facilitate that conversation, a way to start it. You know, because some agents are like, I, I don't know how to maybe start that conversation. How quickly you can do it and have the conversation with a homeowner. To your point, two hundred ninety thousand dollars. People think that's sh- and that is shocking, right? That in in maybe people. Um, look at that and go, gosh, that's that, that's not true. But having that conversation with people frees that up and frees up that opportunity. You know, the, the you know, great agents are going to figure it out. That you know, it, it, so KCM doesn't make agents great. Agents make agents great. They make themselves great. What KCM does, they facilitate that. Yeah. If you want to be a great agent or you're a great agent, we're going to try to help you in every way we possibly can to reach whatever potential you can reach. So what David is saying right now is you got to go out and talk to them. If you want a really, really good tool to help you in that process, then sure. The professional equity uh, assessment report that you know, KCM has put together is unbelievable. It breaks it right down. It says, all right, this is where it is. This is where, how much equity you have. And you have to get information from them, obviously. But it breaks it down very simple. And then I think it's the fourth or fifth page is, all right, what are the next steps? Meaning it already sets you up for a conversation with them. Then now that you know the amount of equity in your ha- you have in your house, what are you dreaming about? What would you hope that could happen next? And that's what's the power of the what we call the pair, professional equity assessor report. Uh, that's the power of that. And agents at great agents have used it very successfully now for the last year. And what we're trying to do is get more agents to realize the equity situation. And again, great agents are going to do what great agents do. All we're saying is we can make it a little easier for you to do right. it. Maybe a lot easier for you to do <laughs> right. by using right. this pair. That is great. Steve, I, I, I get energized by these conversations. I, I'm grateful that we can have it together and other people can listen in um, to, to this and, uh, and hear your perspective um, as we wrap up here, what's, is there anything we missed or anything that's on your mind right now that we didn't talk about relative to the business? I, and, and to, to, I'm going to a little bit climb on a, a soapbox here, so I apologize. Okay. It's not going to be to every one of your listeners, listeners because not every one of them, but I hope the majority of your listeners, listeners will catch what I'm saying. Agents often talk about they have a professional obligation, which they do. Uh, they often talk about they have a duty, a professional duty to their clients, which they have. They often talk about they have, you know, an ethical responsibility to their clients, which they have. Um, in tough times, I think something supersedes that. We have a moral obligation to help people through the tough times, whether it be the GFC, whether it be the great financial crisis, whether it be the pandemic. That, that's more of a moral obligation. We promised ourselves, and we, took a, we swore to a code of ethics when we entered this business, that we were going to help people. All right? We made a promise. That promise was to the community, the realtor community, to consumer, and to each other. In tough times, we can't walk away from that promise. 
we have to run right at that purpose. That's why I'm saying it's more of a moral obligation than even an ethical or a professional obligation. People need our help right now. We're hurting people if we're not out there working hard right now. And that's, what I think, what I would leave with them. I appreciate you sharing that. And in wrapping up on that, it, um, it's so impactful of the moral obligation. So thank you for that. Steve, this has been an unbelievable conversation. I'm grateful for your um, uh, just your leadership and uh, founding 15 years ago uh, of KCM and the impact that the KCM crew has has had um, started with a, a vision and a dream to impact and make a difference in homeowners across the country, and it's happening. So, so know that we're grateful for that. And I know on the podcast, um, uh, you're going to be a frequent uh, guest, or at least I want you to be, uh, so that we can continue to talk about these things. So thanks for joining. No problem, David. You made it very simple. These are like the conversations we have at the end of the day when both of us are exhausted and throw our feet up on the desk. And what do we have to worry about next? What do we have to be, not worry about, but what do we have to work on next? And uh, that's what I felt here. I almost lost the fact that we were on a podcast. I just felt like I was talking to you. And uh, that was pretty cool. So thank you for the honor of being on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining uh, this episode of How's the Market. You know, having Steve on uh, is a special time, not only because he's the founder, but just has such a unique perspective on real estate and what we need to be doing right now. So, you know, at Keeping Current Matters, we believe that every family should feel confident when buying and selling a home. And this podcast is a way that we want to do that. So if you like the podcast, please share it with someone. Share it with someone that you believe can be impacted by it. Subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you back on soon.